Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Skinner tries to roll the puck behind the net to Tuck. It'll come around the boards. And now Tuck, he'll get it to Skinner. Skinner loads one, and that's blocked. Excellent block by Brett Pesci. And then Buffalo gives the puck away out of the penalty box. Comes D'Angelo. He's in on Anderson. D'Angelo shoots, and Anderson makes the glove save and robs Tony D'Angelo, who is in all alone, out of the penalty box for the first big save of the game for either side. Anita Ryder collects the loose puck, sends it out in front for Foss. Back in, he scores! Jesper Faust, forehand, backhand, back in the net. And Carolina takes the lead, 1-0 with 5.02 left here. Now give away in the Sabres with a two-on-one developing. Tage Thompson to Skinner, he scores! Tage Thompson and Jeff Skinner in on a two-on-one. And the former Hurricane haunts his old mates to tie this game at 1. 18-39 here in the second period. Asplund into the Kane zone. He'll go wide to Middlestat. Middlestat has a lane. He'll snap a shot. He'll score. Casey Middlestat beats Frederick Anderson to the far post blocker side. And Buffalo has struck twice in the first five minutes and 59 seconds of the second period to take a 2-1 lead. Pesci plays it away from Skinner. Stall beneath the goal line. Centers out in front. Nina Ryder scores! A to B, and Nino Niederreiter gets the tying goal. It's 2-2 here in Buffalo. Now it's Yoki Haru. Throws the puck around the boards. Jarvis will get to it, but not out. Good play by Dahlin. Right across for Olofsson, who shoots, he scores! Carolina couldn't clear it. Sabres take advantage. And Buffalo takes a 3-2 lead. Now Krebs goes all the way across. Olofsson's shot goes out in front. Chance for Cousins, and he'll trickle in and score! got a pad to it but Cousins somehow muscled that one over the goal line and Buffalo has extended their lead to two it's 4-2 Sabres with 4.49 left in the third period this is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina the Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network now here's your host Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold, and the Buffalo Sabres beat the Carolina Hurricanes 4-2 to two in front of friends and family at whatever the uh, what Key Bank Arena in Buffalo. I don't know what it's called. Um, the Hurricanes uh, won the Corsi battle. They outshot Buffalo 34-22. Sabres get the only power play goal. Carolina's penalty kill struggling a little bit of late. Uh, But frankly, when you don't outplay the other team, when you're not the more aggressive team, and for about 25 minutes today, I think Carolina was the more aggressive team. Maybe a little bit more, but not much more. 
then you're not going to be good on the kill or on the power play. And I didn't think Carolina was good in either situation. Before we do anything else, we're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Online, aluminumcompany.com. Free no obligation estimate there. It'll make your home more beautiful, more energy efficient. Go check it out. Aluminumcompany.com. So a loss that Carolina is going to look back on and wish didn't happen. Rangers win in New Jersey. So the Hurricanes are now just two points ahead of the Rangers. Still a game in hand. Still in a very good situation. If they get their act together. And here's the thing. It's not like Carolina hasn't played really good hockey. They played really well against Minnesota. They played better than Minnesota. Freddie Anderson was not good. Marc-Andre Fleury, whatever I just called him, was amazing. And that's the difference in the game. They shut out Montreal, played 30 great minutes against the Canadiens, won 4 nothing. They played about a period and a half really well against Tampa, had nothing in the third, but got a point. Dominated the Capitals in Washington, dominated the Blues in St. Louis, outplayed the Stars apart from some mistakes, ended up losing in a shootout. Freddie didn't play well in that game. Outplayed the Lightning, so outplayed the Rangers and lost 2-0, one goal. It was a tip-in from the high slot by Kreider. That was the only goal that, uh, other than the empty net goal at the end. So let's not lose our minds about what this team is or isn't. I didn't like tonight. They didn't play better than Buffalo. Um, They were the second best team on the ice. You don't deserve anything. So the Hurricanes got what they deserved. They didn't get enough out of the, the good parts of the game, which is something we're growing accustomed to. Their mistakes ended up behind Freddie Anderson. He let in a soft goal. So we can sit out, sit around here all day and talk about this team is this or this team isn't this. And there is too many examples, or there are too many examples, excuse my uh, grammar, of the team playing really well against really good teams. But I understand it's easy to forget those in the face of this stinker against the Sabres. And it wasn't like Carolina didn't, you know, make any effort. I've seen my Twitter timeline. Like, no offense to all of you, because I know a lot of you uh, tweet to me during uh, during these games, and I try to respond, um, but sometimes I can't respond to dumb. I can't respond to dumb. And because then I just get drawn into it, and now I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, it's not a... No, I, I get it. We're all frustrated. So I'm not, I don't hold anybody. I mean, I don't, I'm not making judgments on you as, you know, people who tweet to me. I'm not, that's not the point because we're all frustrated. But this is still the same team that shut out Colorado to nothing. Still the same team that crushed St. Louis on the road, crushed Washington on the road, has been significantly better than Tampa in two of the three games they played the Lightning. 
Should have beaten the Wild. Should have beaten the Stars. Should have beaten the Rangers. Just didn't. So, you know, took two out of three from the Penguins and were the better team in the one they lost. So, we're going to pump the brakes on the negative about this team. I have my issues. Freddie Anderson has not played well lately. Anderson didn't play well tonight. Anderson didn't play well against the Wild. Anderson didn't play well against the Capitals. Not, not, not the Capitals, the, um, um, the Stars. So there have been like three of his last four, not four starts, like three of his last six or seven starts. He's let in soft goals. And we used to crucify Cam Ward for that. But it's the reality, you're only as good as the soft goal you allow. Can't do it. If Freddie stops the Middlestead goal, maybe Carolina wins the game. Of course, as we, we like to go through the goals, and no offense, I mean, Buffalo is a much better team. I would point out that Buffalo is 10-4-3 in their last 17. So it ain't like Buffalo isn't giving other teams problems too. But you gave him the first goal. Brady Shea with a dumb turnover. To Tage Thompson starts the two on one. Thompson makes the pass across to Jeff Skinner for the what amounted to an empty net goal. Anderson was overplaying the shot. Good uh, disguise, if you will, by Tage Thompson. But if I could just point out, and you know me, nobody's a bigger Brett Pesci apologist than I. Dude, don't worry about the shooter. Let Freddie handle the shooter. Don't let the pass through. Brett didn't do either, he didn't bother the shooter. Or the passer. Dude, we need better. That had to be that had to be a better defensive play after your partner screwed it up. Then you've got five players across just inside the blue line as whoever it was came in. I think it was Olofsson came in. I think it was Olofsson who came in and fed Middlestat. I'm like, why do, you have, why do we have five guys up there? And why can't anybody stop the guy from entering the zone? Anyway, it's a goal that Freddie Anderson needs to stop. That's two. Those happen with basically within four and a half minutes of each other. And then after Nino Niederreiter ties it at two early in the second period, early in the third period, you know, you make the mistake where Seth Jarvis doesn't get the puck out of the, out of the zone. Puck has to come out. It's not hard. Has to come out. I mean, I love Seth Jarvis, but that's a mistake. Puck must leave the zone. It doesn't. Olafson gets the puck. Freddie can't make the save. 3-2. Carolina was toast. And then the power play goal happens. And that was a slow motion goal. That puck just trickled across the goal line. Uh, Dylan Cousins, good hard work in front of the net. But Carolina wasn't better than Buffalo anyway. So you got what you deserved. You got what you deserved tonight. All right. A couple of things that uh, like, I know people get crazy about. And I just want to address them. Um... The first is um, Rod Brindamore's line juggling. Well, the one line that has played so well for so long hasn't changed. Stahl, Niederreiter, Faust hasn't changed. Why? Because they're playing well. The other lines kind of have to change. Because if they're not producing goals or not living in the other team's zone, 
then they should change. If you've noticed, Kotkaniemi, Stepan, and Martinuk, when they're together, have done a, they're, they're basically the stall line light. So they stay together. And now Rod Brindamore is trying to find combinations in what are supposed to be his top two scoring lines, the Ajo line and the Trocek line, whoever's with them. And there hasn't been enough consistency. Natchez hasn't had a good year. He can't play on a fourth line, so he's got to play in the top six. But he hasn't played well. Um, he wasn't, well, I mean, he wasn't really noticeable tonight. Nobody in that group was noticeable tonight. And that's kind of a problem. It's just been, it hasn't always been bad. I mean, I think for the most part, Ajo's been really good. And for the most part, Svechnikov's been really good. But they haven't built, both been really good to the point where they take games over. And the difference between these two guys and what you see from Marner and Matthews or McDavid and Dreisaitl uh, or even Bergeron and, and Posternock and Marsh, those guys take games over. And that's the difference between those guys and the Ahos and the Svechnikovs in the world. Uh, they just have not taken games over. Or when they do, it's they do it for a game or two. And then, I mean, that doesn't mean they're not scoring. They're just not dominating. And that's the problem with this team right now, is that their best players have been good. You know, you understand, right? The the difference between your best players being good and your best players dominating. So that's what Carolina needs, like Huberdo and Barkoff. Like when Tampa's got it going, Point and Kucherov or Stamkos. So Carolina needs to get back to that. They need those players to do that. Those players did not do that tonight. And that's why you lose. And that's why you lose. Uh, not to mention the mistakes, but that's why you lose. And the goaltending was not good tonight. So, but they didn't, Carolina was not the better team. Uh, real quick, Jeff Skinner. Jeff Skinner has now played in six games against Carolina Hurricanes. Six? I think it's six. And he's got six goals. That's right. Six goals, two assists in six games against Carolina. Congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, oh, by the way, real quick, the um, back to the line juggling thing. I know how many people love Svechnikov, Aho, and Teravainen. I love it. Uh, I think they played really well together. You know what they didn't do together? Scored five on five. I think at the end they did, but... For the most part, they played together for like a dozen games and produced nothing five-on-five. Five. I mean, the theory of Svechnikov, Aho, and Teravainen might be better than the reality of it. I don't know. But again, I thought they played well, and I talked to Rod Brindamore, what, four times a week? And we talk about it all the time. They're playing well, just not scoring. Playing well, just not scoring. Playing well, just not scoring. It's kind of been the, uh, kind of been the mantra of late. Uh, all right, before we uh, bring in a, uh, a friend, Brian LeBlanc, I have uh, one thing I want to point out, and this is something that 
I talked about, I have talked about a lot and um, I just think it's worth bringing up. Uh, and yes, our friend Brian LeBlanc used to be the managing editor of Kane's Country and is now a contributor to Kane's Country. You read all the time. He's going to join me because, you know, we miss our friend Alec Campbell. Um, but the trade deadline came and it produced Max Domi. And I like Max Domi. I think Max Domi is a good player. Um, he has not yet impacted the Hurricanes the way we have seen other players impact other teams that were trade deadline acquisitions. For instance, Andrew Kopp looks to be fitting in beautifully with the Rangers. Frank Vitrano has played well with the Rangers. And I'm not going to you know harp on this team got this and this team got that. I've already made my piece about that. Every team in the East added a piece or two pieces that make them better. Hagel and Paul in Tampa. Giroux and um, Sherratt in Florida. Giordano in Tampa. We can go on and on and on and on and on. Um, Everybody got better. Carolina brought in Max Domi because the price was right, not his salary. Carolina still needed to launder that money through Florida. Um, But Columbus retained half, and then Florida retained half of the remaining half, so Carolina could fit Max Domi under the cap, under the available existing cap space. Reality? Really? That's what you did? Last year, I criticized the Hurricanes for rearranging the deck chairs. Yanni Hockenpah was an upgrade over Hayden Fleury, but not a difference maker. Didn't make you better. The Hurricanes needed to add, A, somebody better than Yanni Hockenpah, and B, they had to do it without giving up Hayden Fleury. They rearranged deck chairs. So right now, what we're seeing, if Jesperi Kotkaniemi is healthy, or when he gets healthy, let's just say two weeks from now, and Kotkaniemi draws back in, essentially, Stepan and Lawrence come out, And Max Domi comes in. Is Max Domi that big an upgrade over Derek Stepan? Really? Come on. So again, the Hurricanes rearranged deck chairs. Is your team good enough to win a Stanley Cup? Yeah. I think the team is good enough to win a Stanley Cup. Do I think they're better than Florida or Toronto? Or the Rangers? The first two? No, I don't. Yep, I just said it. I think Toronto's better. The Rangers? Jury's out. Rangers might be better than Carolina right now. Shesterkin is elite. Maybe playing... He is. He's playing better better in goal than anybody in the league. Although he hasn't been as good as, you know, of late but he's still been amazing all year. Um, and that team's depth scoring, I think, has been solved with a handful of uh, acquisitions and the improvement of uh, Lafreniere and you know some of their other pieces. I still think the Rangers can be had on the back end, but their front end's pretty doggone good. So... 
Carolina didn't get better, I think, at the trade deadline. The notion, the idea, well, Max Domi did score 28 four years ago. If that Max Domi skates onto the ice, then I stand corrected. And I'm not even, because the Max Domi, even if he's slightly better than the guy who scored nine goals in each of the last two seasons for Columbus, if he's better than that Max Domi just a little bit, it's still not that big an upgrade over Derek Stepan, to be perfectly honest, and that's the replacement. So, ultimately, you get what you pay for. Carolina didn't want to give up anything. They wouldn't use next year's number one, even though they could recoup that with a Martin Natchez trade in the offseason if they wanted to. They didn't want to give up next year's number one, but they also didn't get better. We'll see if it, uh, if it haunts them, and maybe it won't make a difference. And yes, only one team's going to win the Stanley Cup. But unless you're assuming that, man, all of these other teams got it wrong, unless you're going to assume that, then it was an opportunity squandered. All right. I've said what I had to say. And now it's time to have somebody else say what they have to say, and then I'll say what I have to say back. Not Alec Campbell, my friend Brian LeBlanc, contributor, Kane's Country, former managing editor, uh, now smart enough to do other things uh, ah. for a real living. Uh, but let's talk about what we saw or didn't see right. tonight in Buffalo. I'll let you broad brush it, and then we'll go from there. Well, uh, what what I didn't like might take up the rest of this podcast. Um, there have been a lot of these games lately where, you know, they've come out, the Hurricanes have come out on the losing end despite playing well enough to win. This was not bad. <laughs> it, is the, uh, it is the most succinct way I can put it. Um, just seemed to step off from the start. Um, I don't know if this was, you know... I, I realize that you can't look ahead in the NHL, but I kind of wonder if maybe the Hurricanes were looking ahead a little bit to, you know, they've got two games coming up against the Rangers, and maybe they're saying, you know what, maybe we can take a take a couple of these games off because the Sabres stink and we're playing them again on Thursday. Well, not really, because the Sabres kind of handed it to you tonight. You know, Frederick Anderson wasn't the problem, but he wasn't great. Um, I Thought that I thought that Brett Pesci had an uncharacteristically rough outing. Um, you know, as good as he's been this year, mm-hmm. this is one that he's going to want to burn the tape of. And no, nobody really stood out on the offensive end. You know, the, the best chance of the game was probably Brendan Smith um, getting delivered a puck on a platter by Sebastian Ajo, and he couldn't bury it. And I mean no offense to Brendan Smith when I say this, but when Brendan Smith has your best scoring opportunity, that's a problem. And I think the Hurricanes got what they deserved. They were lucky to come out of the first period with the lead despite, you know, winning the shot counter battle. And the and the Sabres took it to them in the second period and never really looked back and looked pretty comfortable, honestly, in the last 40 minutes. Weren't really all that threatened, and that's, uh, that's problematic if you're a Hurricanes right. fan or employee. Well, yeah, look, um, I, I think Carolina was probably a little bit better than you thought, at least I do, uh, in the first period. Uh, and I thought Carolina was really good in the first six minutes uh, 
seven minutes of the third period when they drew even. Um, they had plenty of chances. Uh, and there were actually Seth Jarvis in the first minute right down the slot. Great chance. Tony D'Angelo out of the penalty box. Great chance. That play that Ajo face-off win, tracks his own puck down, diagonal pass to Brendan Smith on the back door. I'm not sure why he felt the need to settle the puck. That needed to be a one-timer because by mm-hmm. settling it, it took too long. He didn't get the shot. The shot never got to the net. I think it was deflected over the goal. Uh, right. And then the Trocek pass across to Svechnikov. I mean, I realize the puck's in the air, uh, but, I mean, you're one of the elite players, I thought. So right, but you're but you're but you're just describing a whole bunch of distinct singular plays. Right, no, but I'm, what there I'm saying is they there had wasn't chances much of, to score, right? Yeah, uh, they they had chances to score, but this this you know a team that's fighting for a division title and you know potentially the president's trophy. Although I think that's probably out of reach at this point. Uh, oh yeah, you know this should be it should be more sustained than what we saw. No, no, I'm, it no I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying I am not saying that it was sustained. Carolina did not deserve anything out of this game. You said it. I said it before. The Hurricanes did not deserve to win. They were not the better team. They finished second in tonight's race. And you Mm -hmm. can't finish second in a game when you're only playing one other team because that means you don't deserve anything. I have no problem with that. But I think they... You know, Adam, let me me quote the the great philosopher Ricky Bobby. (laughs) Second place is the first loser. First loser. They were. They were first loser tonight. But yeah. I, I thought Carolina was good in the first period and didn't get anything. They got the Jesper Fosco, the only line that was significantly noticeable all night long, is, is the line that has been together basically for the last three months, and I'm starting to call them the one line. I've jokingly called them the top line because Stahl, Niederreiter, and Fost have not been separated at all, except mm-hmm. when the when Rod is trying to jumpstart another line. Uh, right. Like I've seen him put occasionally Nino up with a scoring line to get yep. somebody else going. But other than that, that line has been great, and it doesn't it doesn't ever deserve to be broken up. And Rod won't. Rod is going to – that's going to be the line that starts basically every game the rest of the year. As, um, as well it should be. I've, and that's, no those, are the, those, are the kind, those are the kinds of third lines that win you championships. But the problem is that higher up the lineup, they've got to carry their end. I mean, that that's a really good third line. It right. cannot be a really good 1B line. And that's the problem right now. Like, w- mm-hmm. the, the Hurricanes, it's, it's funny, and I'm trying to remember exactly where it was. There's not a specific game, but it looked like they were breaking out. They go to St. Louis and they score a bunch of goals. And I, now, off the top of my head, I forget the game that followed St. Louis, and they scored a bunch of goals there, too. It's Washington, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Right, yes, they were scored five in Washington. They scored seven in St. Mm-hmm. Louis, five or six. I think it was six in Washington. It was six uh, in Washington, right. yeah. And you thought, oh, okay, now they're back. They're going to start. Eh, no, not really. Um, and it's sort of like when uh, like Natchez goes through one of his you know long walks in the desert, between goals, and he scores once, and you go, all right, Marty's back. And you realize, no, he's not. He's just mm-hmm. not. Um, and look, the, 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 the worst part about what Carolina is going through right now, and I think they are going through something in spite of the positive talk, and I understand why Rod Brendan Moore is talking positive about the team. Like, they mm-hmm. outplayed Minnesota. They were better than Minnesota Saturday night in Raleigh. And they were. Mark Andre Fleury was amazing. 
and Freddie mm-hmm. Anderson let in at least two, maybe three, but at least two stoppable goals. Got to mm-hmm. have those saves. Didn't get it. Tonight, Carolina, the first goal was a gift from Brady Shea and Brett Pesci. Shea mm-hmm. with the terrible giveaway uh, just inside the blue line. Uh, and then the two-on-one. Pesci, I mean, just take away the pass. Let Freddie yeah, have I mean, to shoot. I, that, I don't know about you, but I almost felt like I was watching that goal in slow motion. Like, I, I don't think that I, Jeff Skinner has a good shot. We know that. He didn't have to shoot. But he didn't have to shoot. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, he had no force behind him. Could have. I mean, he could have bunted that puck into the net. It was an empty net goal. So you have that giveaway for the <laughs> gift, much. right? That giveaway for the for the gift goal. Then the one that Freddie needs to stop, Casey Middlestad. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, that's not Alexander Ovechkin. Uh, good shot, but Freddie, I think, whiffed on it. Uh, yep. And then the third goal, Seth Jarvis. You have to get the puck out. That's yep. not an option. You have to get the puck out. And he mm-hmm. didn't. Good play by Rasmus Dahlin. I'm not even I'm not saying that it wasn't, but you have to get the puck out. And the puck didn't get yep. out. And uh, Olofsson, uh with a shot, snipe from, you know, face-off circle. Again, one that Freddie maybe needs to stop, but honestly, it's just a giveaway and a gift opportunity. The power play goal was the power play goal. That one definitely happened in slow motion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yes, it did. But the bigger problem is... The Aho line, the Trocheck line, yeah, are, are basically doing nothing. Buffalo's mm-hmm. not Buffalo's playing better. They they were nine four and three in their last sixteen coming into today. So obviously it's not the same downtrodden Buffalo Sabers. They've got talent and more talent on the way. I'm uh, I'm paying attention to what's going on there with my friend Kevin Adams, um, mm-hmm. but that's not a deep team. How come the Trocheck line doesn't dominate? Or yeah. how come the Ajo line doesn't dominate? I, I would question more about the Ajo line because the Trocheck right. line is going to be lined up against, you know, probably you know, to the extent that Buffalo has a scoring line, that's probably the assignment the Trocheck's going to get. You're probably not going to waste uh, Stall, who could, you know, the Stall line could take over a game at any moment, so you don't necessarily want them playing. You know, they're going to play heavy defensive minutes, but they're not necessarily going to be matched up with the top line against Buffalo. And I realize it's on the road. I realize that they can't match lines the way that they would at PNC arena, but it's, you know, this is still a better team. And, you know, the, the bigger concern that I have right now is that we are about three weeks plus a couple days away from the last game of the season. The final game of the season is three weeks from Thursday. In that time, the hurricanes have one break of more than one day. So whatever they were going to figure out and get this turned around, they got to do it almost while the car is driving down the road. Yeah, well, they, they had their, basically their last practice of the season yesterday. Yeah, yeah. They, they may be able to get one in between. There's a, there's a game where they, uh, where they go to the, to the uh, Coyotes in a couple of weeks, and then they've got two days off before they come home to play the Jets. Uh, that's their only two-day break the rest of the way. So you're looking at probably no practices for the next two weeks. So. Yeah, it's it's time to go. It's it's time to get this this ball rolling, and you know they they got to figure it out. Well, like I said, while the car's driving down the road, because at this point they don't have any other option. And uh, this is the team that they've got, and this is where they're going to go as as deep as this as this roster can take them. Let me ask you this, Brian LeBlanc, and he's had an amazing, amazing season. I'm not into uh, pumping anybody's tires for. Vezina or uh, Hart Trophy. I'm not into that. 
Um, mm-hmm. I think Freddie Anderson has, has had a great season. Last two starts, and we know the rep, although I think it's uh, not fairly attained, but the rep as not a good postseason goalie looms, and these were maybe Freddie's two worst games of the season in the quality of goal allowed Mean and I would say even three there of his was, last four have not been. There was great. a time there was a time back around Christmas where Freddie was kind of going through this a little bit. Maybe not to the extent that he is now, but uh Auntie Rana got a run of a few starts in a row. Freddie kinda of got his head back on straight. And after the all star break he's generally been fine. And I kinda of wonder um, if we might be given the schedule and given the fact that Freddie's been a little bit shaky here the last week or so, and uh, and Auntie Ranta has done nothing to deserve himself to be stapled to the bench, I kind of wonder if uh, starting on Thursday, I mean, we know we're going to see, I mean, I guess we don't know, but I would be stunned if we don't see Ranta on Thursday. You probably get Freddie on Friday against the Islanders, but then you kind of go to an every other day setup. You play Sunday, you play Tuesday, you play Thursday, you play Saturday. Uh, next week, I kind of wonder if we're not going to see a run, uh, you know, depending on how things go, if Ronto plays well, I kind of think he might get a run there for a week or so. Give Freddie a chance to kind of clear his mind a little bit. They know that they're going to need him in the playoffs. Uh, this is the chance that you get to, you know, kind of get things headed in the right direction again. Uh, I, I kind of, I kind of agree with you. I think Freddie may need a, may need a couple days to, just kind of get his head cleared a little bit. You know, those those types of goals do tend to stack up in a goaltender's head. And the last thing the Hurricanes need right now is for Frederick Anderson to be stuck in his own head. We've seen where that ends, and that book ain't pretty. Like, so I still think now's that the chance. I, I still think Freddie is their best option. I agree, um, but, but I don't think you can. But I don't think you can run him out every other day from now until the end of April and get the no, best I, Freddie Anderson. I don't think they I think, will. And I think now is the time. You know, with Freddie being a little bit shaky, I think now's the time that you try to get Auntie Ranta on a run. And then, you know, maybe they start playing off each other and Freddie gets back to where he was a month, three weeks ago, whatever it was. Well, the truth is, is that basically um, before the before the Minnesota game, I went back and in each of their last 10 starts, I mean, they were both very good. Ranta was actually a little bit better. Uh, mm-hmm. In terms of his record and in terms of the underlying metrics, he was just a yep. little bit better than Freddie. That's um, yeah. not to say either of you know, not to say Freddie was bad, but no, 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 they were both, had a they very, were both under, very good. That's the thing. Ranta's had a very underrated year. They were both very good in that stretch. Um, Ranta's save percentage was nine twenty seven. Freddie's was nine twenty two. Uh, the the records were separated by. Uh, an overtime loss versus a regulation loss. They were really, mm-hmm. it was that close. But the, my point is just that Ronta was actually slightly better uh, in terms of how he actually played. And like, I'm not saying that Freddie's not going to be the guy. Freddie's going to start playoff yeah. game one. Uh, as well and, he should. And as long as he's healthy and not playing poorly, he's going to start game two and three and four. And Ronta's going to be the backup. Um, so, but before we get to that point, Carolina has to go about the business of getting themselves in position. I mean, they really should win the division. You can't blow 
uh, all of yeah. this, but they're yeah. like personally the 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 team that I see on the ice, they have not gotten the most out of their best games. The Minnesota game, I mean, I'm just I, I want to not just looking at Freddie's games here. I want to go uh, and actually go back through Carolina's uh, schedule, the whole thing, because you can it's it's very easy to see where Carolina didn't get the most out of it, didn't get the most out of the Minnesota game. Um, Tampa Bay, I thought, was an even game, but Carolina was gassed in the third period, had mm-hmm. nothing in that third period. It's a miracle they got a point out of that. Uh, the game at Washington, Carolina was excellent. The game at St. Louis, Carolina was excellent. Um, mm-hmm. The Dallas game, Carolina uh, was, I think, very good, but gave yeah. it away. Yep, it made they made enough mistakes. Freddie didn't bail them out in that game. You know, sometimes your goaltender needs to bail you out. He didn't do that. Uh, they beat the Lightning the game before that. Carolina was really good against the Lightning. They should have beaten the Rangers and lost two nothing because uh, they didn't take advantage of forty one shots on goal to fifteen for the Rangers. Uh, Rangers got one goal, then scored into an empty net. Um, so they haven't gotten the most out of their best play. So those performances that we just that I just talked about. If they could do that against Buffalo, they win a game five one. But yeah, unfortunately, agreed. they're not. Their 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 play overall play has not been as consistent. And then half the time they play really well, they're not getting enough out of it because their best players aren't scoring enough goals. Right, and you've got two big games coming up against the Rangers in the next couple of weeks that are probably going to decide the division. I mean, let's let's be honest. Um, Week from today. Yeah, and and those. If you want to win, if I hate, I know, I know how you hate the term "must win game," so I'm going to avoid mm. using it. Today but was a must win game. Want, I think if you want to win the division, you have to take at least three points from those from those two games. And well, on what we've seen right now, I don't think they can take three points from the Rangers. Well, they that's a problem. They don't have to take three points from the Rangers. In in fairness, I mean, if uh, like. But you have to win these games. You, this was a game you had to put two points in the bank against yeah, the Buffalo Sabres. So these are their next three. Uh, they're home against Buffalo on Thursday. The Islanders come in the next day. And then Anaheim is here on Sunday. They mm-hmm. have they, <laughs> Don't sleep on them. They can score some goals too. I mean, the Islanders are playing great right now. The Sabres... Right now, are ten four and three in their last seventeen games. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a better record than the Hurricanes have in their last seventeen games. Um, different competition, but it doesn't matter. They're all NHL teams. Last I checked. Yep. So the Hurricanes need to get six points out of these three games. Now they don't yeah. have to do anything against the Rangers, but tread water. So they have a two point cushion, but they still have a game in hand on the Rangers. Uh, Pittsburgh lost at home to Colorado tonight, so Pittsburgh is less of a concern for Carolina. The bigger, Agreed, yeah. the, the bigger concern is Carolina <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and, getting, very much so. and getting the most out of their best performances and then getting, honestly, clearing. It's not just Freddie because, you know, only one of today's goals was really soft, but getting, uh, getting the mistakes out of the game, the, the Shea turnover. In the, yeah, se- in the yeah. first minute, you know, minute and a half of the second period. I'm like, what is that? That Shea that. and Pesci pairing has been so good this year right. that the that the mistakes are that much more amplified when you see them. And no, no one's perfect. I mean, they're going to make those mistakes. But 
you know, when, when those mistakes have been made in the past, something else has covered for them. Either, yeah. either they scored their way out of it or the goalie is, you know, is given him a pat on the back and said, don't worry, I got this. And right now, none of that is happening. And that's, that's the problem. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the Swiss cheese thing. All of the holes are kind of lined up right now, and so the water's going right through it, so to speak. Any one of those holes moves around, you're probably okay. You may not have a whole lot of wiggle room, but if one more save is made or one more open net is hit without shooting wide or you know one more turnover isn't made at the blue line, <clears throat> Mr. Shea, yeah. um, you know, any one of those three things doesn't happen and the Hurricanes have a much higher chance of winning the game. But right now, none of those things is happening and it doesn't matter if you're playing the Sabres or playing the Avalanche. You're you're not going to win many of those games where all of these bad things line up in in exact order to cause problems. Yeah, it, and that's pretty much what we saw tonight and they can't keep doing that. Here's what's funny is that we talk about the game at Washington or the game at St. Louis the 2 nothing win over Colorado. You know, the games where Carolina has played, you know, playoff competition and mm-hmm. clearly been the better team. Um, you know, the second game of the season series with Tampa, both games of the season series with Tampa, they were the better team. Um, yep. And until they completely flatlined in the third period, they were probably yeah. at least as good as an angry Tampa team in that period, who did mm-hmm. nothing five-on-five five against Carolina. Yep. All four of their goals were at odd strengths. Four-on-four, five-on-four, five-on-four, four-on-three. And frankly, the four-on-three call, I will argue all day long, is a terrible call in overtime. Yep. It should have been a no call. It should have yeah, been a no agreed. call. But regardless, it, it was a call, and Carolina and, didn't wasn't able to kill the penalty. And who is it that right now the Hurricanes have the best chance of playing in the first round? That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, here's here's the thing. I mean, if I was going to ask you, and I was going to talk about this uh, at the end, but I'll just bring it up now. Who would you rather play in the first round if you're Carolina? See, this is this is a loaded question. I, I, who are the options? So you got Tampa. They're all options, I, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I I guess there's a chance you could wind up playing the Penguins. Well, I don't. Um, well, I first probably, of all, let's eliminate. You're probably not. Let's eliminate two. Eliminate yeah. Florida. You're not playing Florida. Agreed. And eliminate Toronto because I think they're going to finish second in the division. I think you're probably right, and I think you can probably eliminate the Rangers too because the likelihood of right. the Penguins passing both of that, both no. the Hurricanes and the Rangers, I think is pretty low. So right. I think the, you probably say you're not playing the Rangers in the okay. first round. So, so that leaves Pittsburgh, the Penguin. Washington, Boston, Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> Pick your poison, right? I mean, who do I mean, you... I guess if you... I guess if you give me those four, I'm probably taking Pittsburgh, but I don't feel great about it. I mean, they're as good. Look, the way Carolina played tonight, they're not good. They wouldn't beat the Sabres in a playoff mm-hmm. series. In a seven-game series. Yeah, so exactly. I'm not I mean, I guess the, I guess I'm not going to judge them I mean, based on that. The, the, caps, the Caps right now, I mean, you can't rule them out because they could go on a run. But the likelihood is that the Caps are going to play whoever wins the Atlantic. I think Correct. it's pretty unlikely that the Hurricanes are going to get the Caps in the I first agree. round. I, I think that would probably be the best matchup of four of them, but that's such a far-fetched possibility that realistically you're looking at the Lightning, the Bruins, or the uh, or the 
or the Penguins. Excuse me, the Penguins. Thank you. If, if <laughs> the Rangers, late, okay? if the Rangers pass the Hurricanes, right for first in the Metropolitan Division, which is it's definitely on the table now. Sure. Uh, yep. More so than it was, say, three weeks ago. Um, <laughs> three hours ago, even. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Um, I know but, what you mean, though. But the the Penguins, I think, are very good. I don't think the Penguins are great. I mean, right. they've got Crosby, and they've got Malkin, and they've got Rust, and they've got Gensel, and... Uh, you know, I, I've, I've never been a Latang guy, so I don't want to badmouth him because he'll score a thousand goals. Um, and you know the way Tristan Jari the thing, is playing. Here's the thing, though: the Hurricanes have always struggled against the have always struggled against the B team for the Penguins. Crosby hasn't been their issue. Crosby's going right. to score against everyone, and Jacob Slavin historically has been pretty good at shutting Crosby down. Mm-hmm. He's not the issue. The issue comes further down the lineup. It's the Gensels. It's the Russ. Well, it's the, Gensel, you know, the, Gensel plays with Crosby, but um, it, it has generally been, for Carolina, the problems have always been other teams' third lines. You mm-hmm. look at what uh, the coleman gord Goudreau yep. line did last year. Go back to the Boston series in 19, and that was about the third line more than mm-hmm. it was about the top line. Uh, yep. And even in the bubble, it was about uh, Johansson, uh, although I think Johansson was the other one. But both mm-hmm. it was in both series, the one in the in bubble hockey and the one the year before, it was the third, I mean, it was the third line that did the damage. Yeah, and look at look at what guys like Carl Haglin and Lars Eller have done to the Hurricanes in the past. Right. I mean, those are look what know, Lars Eller did to the Hurricanes just a week ago. Right. Yeah. So that's always been their problem. That's always been their their Achilles heel, and as good as as good as Jordan Stahl is defensively, he can't he can't be on the ice for forty five minutes a game. Right, so, and and generally you know, either you're going to outscore these guys, or you got to get somebody that's going to lock them down. Well, and good luck. To to me, the issue is not whether or not they outscore. And I don't want to go too much longer, but the the issue is not whether or not Carolina outscores these teams. The issue is can you stop making the stupid mistakes? Mm-hmm. I mean, if it, if if the uh, if if you're going if the Sabers are going to force turnovers, you know, all credit to them, but Nobody yep. forced Brady Shea to give the puck to Tage Thompson. Seth mm-hmm. Jarvis, while Darlene made a nice play on the puck, I mean, it shouldn't have happened. Jarvis has to get the puck out. That can't even be yep. an option. Um, you don't have to go through him. Jarvis simply needs to get the puck out to center because they had made two good plays to get the puck to Jarvis, and he had time. He just made a poor play. So mm-hmm. that's that's that. Um, they allowed the entry on the Middlestead goal was too was too easy. Uh, they also had five guys in a line like they were the Rockets, uh, just inside the blue line, and so Middlestead had nobody in between him and Anderson. And Freddie should have stopped that. The power play goal was the power play goal, um, but that's it's the mistakes that keep ending up behind them that are troubling because a lot of the mistakes are avoidable they're not necessary yep. mistakes yeah so and they could be fixed i mean I it's, yeah i, I mean well, they, they can be fixed the question is will they be fixed yeah well we hope they are but we know this team is good enough to just not do that you know it's right. really easy to look at video and just say don't do that but that's basically where we're at right yes we um we ranted all right sir what um any other thoughts 
Any other uh, beautiful thoughts from the Sunshine State that we can impart on people? Do you oh, like, do you like Tiger know. at the Masters? Uh, do you ever root against? Do you ever bet against Tiger at Augusta? Nah, I, I don't even. I don't, know. I, love, I don't know. I just I don't want know to watch him play. I want to know what Charlie I just want to shot. Wa- I want to watch golf. I want to watch. I want to know what Charlie shot last Tuesday in his round. I mean, probably under three digits. I would say. Under three digits. Yeah. I'll bet you he shot 78. You think? He didn't He's play, what? He didn't play from 7,400 yards. Wow. He, he okay. probably played from Maybe. the men's tees. Okay. Well, see, you didn't say that. I'm thinking he's playing, you know, the no. championship tees that it's we're going to see on. Come on. Well, I, I mean, okay. He's I don't, I don't know where... I don't know where the blue tees are at Augusta. How long do the blue tees play at Augusta? Oh, I don't know. It's probably, yeah, you can't even get the you can't even get the slope rating of the course. How do you know what the blue tees are going to play? He's probably playing at like sixty two hundred yards, sixty three hundred yards. But yeah, if he's playing at that short, then yeah, I think he probably shot eighty. Come on, man. Sixty two hundred yards. The man's Augusta. a baller, on, man. The kid's a baller. <laughs> you know, he, he's calling a fourteen year old. The man's a baller. Yeah, yeah. You know he's getting in dad's pocket all the time. Oh, absolutely! Why wouldn't you? You're Tiger Woods kid. You'd do it too. I want to. I want to ask. Know. I want. I want to interview Charlie and ask him uh, how quickly he automatic presses his dad. How quickly do you press? <laughs> do you press the bet? That's what I want to know. Do you press? You know, when when the when the Arnold Palmer was here and here I'm outside of Orlando, um, you know, a month or so ago, um, I was joking that I could drive down to Windermere and just start asking people about what their plans were for Augusta a month hence. Right. And I really, I, I might, I really should have done that because, you know, pretty much every professional golfer lives within a 50 mile radius of my house. My gosh. Yes. And you know, I got the, I got the world golf hall of fame two hours up by 95. So maybe I'll just camp. I, you know, there's a Bucky's at that exit now. Of course so you there can get is. your, yes, yeah, so you could get your world golf Wait. hall of fame and, Get your uh, get your Texas beef jerky is at there, the same time. Is there a Perkins? Is there a Perkins? Actually, in the Perkins, not far from uh, my house. That. <laughs> well, that might be the infamous Perkins. Hey, I don't know if he came this far north. I'm that, pretty sure there's another one on the south side of Orlando. How close are you to Windermere? Uh, it's on the other side of Orlando. Okay. So 45, 50 minutes. Oh yeah. He didn't, he, you don't go 45 no. or 50 minutes no. for a Perkins. Although he ain't, he ain't coming to all the to go to a Perkins. Just I saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, man, you just, you don't know what they're serving, uh, at, at the Perkins that he went to. So, uh, whatever it was, it was delicious. I'm sure. Uh, all right, Brian, Brian, LeBlanc. this conversation always goes off the rails and I'm here for it. See, that's when people stick around for the end and we got to give them a little something else. Just got to give them a little <laughs> something else at the end. Uh, can we do this we again? do it for the people, Adam. Exactly. That's why, that's why they're here. That's why I'm here. And you're here. Can we do this again soon? Uh, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. You're the my, my daughter, I got to give my daughter a shout out. She's making her first communion on Sunday. So All right. Uh, so I will be, uh, I'll be out of commission for the Sunday game. I just go ahead and put that on your calendar. But two years delayed, thanks to the pandemic. Um, was supposed to do it two years ago, and a month before it was supposed to happen, everything shut down, and so we're just now getting around to it. So better late than that. Well, congratulations to your daughter and to you, yeah, and to Thank anybody you. else who deserves congratulations for communion. <laughs>
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not uh, averse in any of these uh, things. I don't understand them, but that's fine. Uh, but I don't. Well, you know, I don't things. quite. Un- I don't understand every every routine of the bar mitzvah either. So we're on we're on an even playing. Field. I mean, uh, it's all about getting checks. That's what I heard. <laughs> we have we have a holiday for that too. It's called Christmas. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean. <laughs> That's what I, it's what I, it's what it was about, man. All of my uh, all of my aunts and uncles gave me uh, savings bonds. <laughs> so I knew. I don't, I don't. Do we have U.S. savings bonds anymore? Hell yeah, I mean, we still got some. All right. I wonder what they you know you buy them for whatever and they mature it. What I don't even know how it works anymore. Thank you. We, we've you, gone we've gone way too far off the rails. Or we should stop now. Uh, well, um, Mazel tough to you. <laughs> Likewise. All right, Brian. I'll talk to you later, we'll talk man. Soon, Adam. Good Peace. talking to you. Yes, you. Got it. There was a lot, a lot. And we're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Free no obligation estimate online. Aluminumcompany.com. Want to make your home more beautiful, more energy efficient? There it is. Aluminum Company can do it. Follow the Canes Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can rate us. You can review us. Do what you like. We're here for you after every Hurricanes game, good or bad, win or lose, or draw. No, they can't draw. Or overtime lose, or shootout lose. And uh, we do this however many times the Hurricanes have games. And I'd like to think that we've got about 40 of these, almost 40 of them left in us. Uh, But going to have to be better than they were against the Buffalo Sabres tonight. Uh, Sabres win it 4-2. Talk to you after the Canes and the Sabres again on Hulu. No. Thursday. Bye. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsfan.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Tim Donnelly here for DraftKings. The wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of NASCAR, and it is now live in North Carolina. Now you can legally bet on all your favorite sports anytime, anywhere, right here in North Carolina with DraftKings. For a limited time, new customers who sign up with promo code 999 and bet $5 will receive $250 instantly in bonus bets. DraftKings has the best features, including same-game parlays, player props, and more, with fast and easy payouts right at your fingertips. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now using code 999 and bet $5 to get $250 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code 999. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 8-777-185-543 or visit morethanagame.nc.gov. 21 plus, North Carolina only. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. Terms at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook slash NC. NASCAR is not a sponsor of this promotion and used under license.